right, hello and welcome everyone. This is Ben Chiriboga, the Chief Growth Officer here at Nexel, coming to you with another This Legal Life. I am sitting down with my good buddy, Lee, today. Lee, what is going on? How are you? All the way up in New York. How's it going, Ben? New York is uh, pretty beautiful today. It's it's feeling like summer. Yeah, I know. Okay, so post-Memorial Day for everybody who's uh, who's listening to us. Post-Memorial Day here in the U.S. Um, I don't know when this episode's going to come out, but it's feeling like summer, at least down here in Florida. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk uh, collaboration with you today. I'll give the uh, I'll give I'll plug the uh, the actual title. We're going to be thinking about collaboration within law firms. Um, you know, we prep some stuff that we want to go through. I'm pretty excited. We're thinking about collaboration internally. How do you turn collaboration into kind of an ethos uh, externally, working with partners? Because um, I really kind of think like today you can't get anything done unless you're doing it with a lot of people and synthesizing a lot of voices. But before we get there, Lee Peretz, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us the background, the bio. Who is the man? Absolutely. Uh, so Lee Peretz, Director of Marketing and Business Development at Farrell Fritz. We're a regional law firm here in New York. Uh, been in professional services, marketing, BD, communications for about 18 years. Uh, first in the accounting space, now in the legal space for the past five. And just having a lot of fun helping lawyers be the best version of themselves and figure out the right path forward, which is, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. So we met, um, I actually can't remember even the first time we met. Um, we've had, but you and I are, are part of many different circles. You're, you're, you're here, you're a great partner here at Nexel. We, uh, we get down with one another in LMA, a fantastic collaborative um, environment, truthfully. You know, I just finished doing my LMA wrap-up podcast, and, you know, basically everybody always says the same thing about the LMA. They're always there to help me problem-solve at any point in time in my career. But, you know, I think... Um, yeah, we've met so many different times in so many different venues, and I think I'm hack I'm excited to talk to to you about collaboration because I actually think that you know the spirit of collaboration is uh, is within you and um, and driving that forward. Absolutely. So we're gonna sort of get down to it. But um, yeah, what's your interest in sort of collaboration? I mean, how do you think about it on on the big scale in your life today? Lisa? Yeah, I mean, I think in life in general, right? It's it's all about collaboration. I mean, my. Uh... My wife would probably agree that if, if we're not collaborating on an everyday basis, things would kind of, you know, just fly out the window. Um, but I think, you know, as it relates to uh, life at work, um, yeah. you know, particularly in a law firm where you have so many different voices and so many different opinions and views and different practice areas and different background training and focus, it, it, it's so important, right? You, you said it just before. It's so important to synthesize those thought processes, processes together to be able to, to really create an environment where people want to work together, right? Because look, I mean, you're a lawyer. Um, so, you know, from experience, there's a lot of smart people in the room. Um, there's all kinds of different perspectives. And I think, you know, we just hit on this in another conversation, but, you know, whether you're working with lawyers or your IT folks or operations, HR, marketing, DEI folks, everybody around the table that has a different perspective, right? We, we need to make sure that we're taking all of those perspectives into account when we're coming up with strategy for a law firm today. Uh, you know, law, law firms today look a lot different than they did five or 10 years ago, right? And they're going to continue to look 
very, very different as this technology evolution and service evolution continues. And, you know, I think it's really important for us to figure out, you know, how does this translate to every practice or group across the firm? Everybody has a different, uh, a little bit of a different approach. And, you know, in order to get everyone bought in uh, to the process, you know, we need to really connect those dots with them, make sure we understand what their goals are, how we're going to help them get there. And again, listen to all those voices around the table to make sure that a lot of other smarter people are probably weighing in on what we think is a good idea. Yeah. Okay. So I love the word synthesis, you know, because synthesis tends to like, um, synthesis tends to mean like everything kind of gets considered and put into something that's better. So, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard that story about how Disney, you know, they come up, they sit around and when they're coming up with stories, everybody tries this exercise, which is like, yes, and, you know, somebody will bring up an idea and they'll say, yes, and, and then kind of like build on this idea until the idea seems like, well, you know, it's like kind of, it's the original idea, but it's kind of like an idea that's all built on, built upon, you know? And I think that that's something that, I think philosophically sometimes gets, it's hard to digest because I hear, at least within the time that I was practicing law, and I still think sometimes, you know, within business environments, there's a lot of no but in terms of that's not going to work because that instead of a yes and et cetera, et cetera. And I think the, I think sometimes it's a function of, you know, people have a different perspective on their, on their, uh, on what should happen. Yes, but, you know, sometimes I really feel like it's just a change in vocabulary that can sort of build upon. And knowing that, you know, at the end of the process, the idea that you started with will probably still be there, but it'll sort of build, it'll sort of be a more bulked out version that can consider like many different perspectives. So I don't know. I think, I think I'm just building on what you were saying as sort of, you know, some of the, it's important to get everybody's perspective. And I'm wondering, like, in your experience, what are simple tools that you can start to kick off this idea? Um, yeah, any thoughts around that? Yeah, for sure. So it's interesting you just mentioned Disney. I'm going to t- tell you a little story just just for I love for, for enjoyment here. So actually, um, so my grandfather worked worked for Disney when he first started. Uh, he was in advertising and publicity, so this is very it's, uh-huh. it's sort of relevant for our our conversation here. And it was nice. always and Mad Men. And Mad Men. I mean, this is you know in the yeah, right. in the in the fifties, right, and the sixties. And yeah. literally, I mean, when I say he worked for Disney, he worked for Walt Disney and Roy Disney. And yeah. you know, he Damn. would uh, travel with different different groups. He would travel with the Mouseketeers. I mean, this is you know way, way before mm-hmm. uh, Justin and Brittany. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff, and like really interesting stuff. He used to always tell me these great stories, and one story that kind of ties into this, I feel like, you know, you talk about listening to people and, you know, making sure we're, we're getting everybody around that table and getting those different voices and opinions and perspectives involved. Uh, So, you know, the other thing, right, is, is looking for gaps, which, you know, I I know you're uh, very in tune to, right? Like when you're doing something, you need to uh, identify those gaps and I, and allow, others to help you fill them right like listen to those voices allow them to help you get to to reach your goal 
through again common experiences and, and collaborative uh, and collaborative collaborative environment. So interesting story about about Disney, and just a I feel like a good sort of learning experience for for business in general. So they were Walt and Roy were coming to New York, so they asked my grandfather to take them to Coney Island, which sounds kind of ridiculous. Uh-huh. I mean, I've been been to Coney Island. I'm sure you've been to Coney Island. It's fun. It's, yeah. you know, there's a lot of amusement parks that are kind of built like that around, around the country. Um, people out on Long Island like to go to Adventureland, which is like really, uh, really exciting. Um, like my, my kids yeah. like it, um, but they're really little. So, you know, so they come up and he planned this day. They went to Coney Island. I have pictures of them eating hot dogs at Nathan's, like all this really cool stuff. Uh, they're on rides, yeah. all this kind of stuff. And finally, my grandfather sees Walt Disney kind of looking, just looking at everybody, right? Just kind of analyzing yeah. what's going on out in the, in the park. And he says to him, you know, I love that we're here. And I love that you're kind of like looking around in the environment. Like, what are we doing here? And Walt Disney uh-huh. says, I'm trying to figure out what not to do when I build Disneyland, <laughs> right? And Disney World. So he was looking for those gaps. He was looking for that gap in experience and enjoyment and what people weren't enjoying about their, about their time in the park, right? So he could make sure he yeah. didn't do that when he built totally. his own the own experience. So we can take that kind of lesson right back to our firms and say, mm-hmm. particularly when we're trying to focus on collaboration, how do we identify those gaps? So, you know, we come up with an idea and we think it's really great, like you said. And we, you know, we 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 sit around that table and we listen to each other, and we kind of let it marinate a little bit, right? And and take different people's perspectives into account, and come up with this better version of what that idea was. Um, and again, when you're kind of looking at it from not just the "Hey, why is this really amazing?" perspective, which I think you know, again, uh-huh. lawyers want to be, you know. Yeah, perfect. And, and, you know, um, the training lens in a way, and you can talk to that better than I can, but, you know, the training lens in a way that, um, you know, you, you want to, depending on the practice, you want to work with litigators on a, on a strategy, there might be a lot of, a lot of questioning, uh, around, around what, uh-huh. what goes into it. But I think, you know, identifying those gaps, figuring out how we can help each other close those gaps. And then ultimately, uh, you know, creating something that is sustainable that we think could work and that can evolve as we evolve, that that all tends to, you know, look like a successful uh, endeavor. A successful synthesis, I would say, almost, right? Absolutely. It's like the seed, the seed of idea basically needs a lot of fertilizer to grow into a tree. Damn. Well, Friday hit it with the metaphors. Yeah, All right. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So incredible, uh, incredible Disney story. I, um, you know, whenever I, you know, I'm from Florida originally, whenever I moved to New York, you know, the first, um, the first two weeks I went to Coney Island and like, you know, I'm like, it's like summer, like I moved there, like whatever, like May, May something, May, May, May 2014. Yeah. So I go in and I'm like taking my thing and I go down to the Coney Island beach. And I just remember, like, I was just such in shock about what the, what, what a Northeast Coney Island beach looked like. I was yes. just like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. Man. It was really not, don't. not a Florida, not a Florida. <laughs> yeah. It was not a Florida beach no totally all right so why don't we 
there's so much more that we can say about that, but I think nobody's going to argue with us about the point that kind of business growth really needs a many, 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 many different voices today. I mean, come on, like, how are you not going to bring IT into something like business growth? It's almost impossible, right? Uh, moving forward, just just because of the data need uh, today, that that perspective needs to be had. Why don't we jump to uh, jump to the second idea? We're sort of still keeping on collaboration. We just kind of said. Look, you got to seed the conversation. You got to bring a lot of people and you kind of kind of got to make it okay for for everybody to want to build on ideas. That's kind of like the general idea. Um and not to press not not be too precious with your own ideas, right? Um knowing that you can seed it and actually at the end of the day, your my your idea might just be better and there there it is if you if you need that kind of like validation. Okay. Let's go let's go take that out and say you prompted this with which is the idea that Law firms need other people to grow. That's this is kind of like the next idea. So you need to collaborate uh, with people in and around the ecosystem. So this is a cool idea. You know, it's like a very advanced idea. The idea that no no law firm is an island, right? Uh, and today you you really need uh, you know other law firms who might have different expertise in other areas. But oh my goodness, you might actually need. Uh, a totally different partners outside of the legal world to actually help you do and serve clients, uh, even in legal ways. And that, this is kind of a revolutionary idea, but this is the idea that of bills of business ecosystems, right? That uh, have have gone have become very very popular, knowing that we're all sort of connected. But that's it. It's it's also that we're sort of all connected. So this is the idea. You want to talk a little bit about this I, I, ideas I, around this idea? Absolutely. I mean, I think you know. Being that you're in the legal tech space, I mean, I think the tech, the tech industry, right, has kind of embraced this whole concept of, uh -huh. of ecosystem and collaboration and everything really well. And I think we could learn a lot from looking at different pockets within, you know, other industries. So whether it's technology, even emerging brands in the food and beverage space. My prior firm, we did a lot of work in that space, and there oh, there were cool. organizations that are fully built around you know those like a very very narrow uh subset of of folks and that's how innovation happens right that's how ideas come come to be and, and i'm sure we'll we'll get back there but you know for for us you know we we feel like you know continuing to nurture that ecosystem again it, it, it's got to be all people that sort of have shared values or align on on some uh, uh some level and you know i think it's you know that be they believe in what you do or, or what the mission is and, and why you're doing it um you know as a law firm you know we have as law firms we have responsibilities right to give back to the community to be a good you know a good a good member of of you know quote unquote society right and you know sort of support what's going on um you know it, it internally and externally but but externally it's it's super important for us to continue to make sure that we're aligned with you know good business practices aligned with uh people that we can partner with to provide more value to clients, to the community and, and to friends of the firm. Right. So, um, you know, I read, read a book a, a long time ago, um, uh, called Ra raving fans. Right. So it's, it's a pretty uh -huh. simple, uh -huh. simple, uh, premise there. You want people to 
again, be believers in what you do and go out and tell people about it, right? If you create enough good vibes, people go out into the community and will share that, you know, that feeling with others. So, you know, we've found that, you know, to, to translate that externally, right? So collaborating beyond the four walls of your firm allows not only growth for our partners and for our, our lawyers, right? Um, it, it, it allows growth for everyone. So, you know, it's interesting. I also, you know, we're, again, we're a regional firm based in New York and we have, you know, sort of boots on the ground, you know, in, in all around this region. But, you know, I don't, I look out and I don't see competitors. A lot of people kind of talk to competition and, you know, it's very, very competitive. We kind of, we like to collaborate with people. We often, you know, I think you um, alluded to it earlier, you know, you need people that have a different specialty or yeah. a different uh, background to help complement what you're doing. And I think, you know, there are so many times where we're co-counsel, um, whether it's a real estate development project or, or something, because we want to get it done, right? So, you know, there are a lot of projects, um, you know, just kind of uh, staying in that real estate space, just give an example you know, where you need a lot of different voices at that table to make sure that a common, a common goal <clears throat> can be met. And you need a lot of different expertise to be able to communicate what is actually happening. So, you know, we found that um, the more, the more voices you can get to that table, the less, you know, we've heard things out, out, um, you know, around New York where you can hear, you know, this is the land of no, right? Like you can't, uh, and the, it's sort of the NIMBY uh, concept, right? Like you can't, yes, you know, right, in my right, backyard, right. you can't build this, or you can't build that. And the more voices you get to the table, the more collaboration there is, the more acceptance there is around a, a particular idea. You know, we, we, again, we like to find organizations and community related organizations that, um, that will uh, that will be a part of that process. So, you know, one just one example of something that that um, you know an organization we've worked with for many years. Um, there's a, a family bis business initiative at Cornell. It's called the Smith Family Business Initiative. A friend of mine, Dan Vanderbleet, runs it. Um, but Dan and I connected. I mean, years ago through. I mean, he was quoted in Cranes or something. And I think I reached out just saying, uh, like, let's collaborate, right? Very nice. core of, of what we do. Uh, um, you know, Cornell, again, has a, a certain um, uh, gravitas. Um, you know, their their business program is, is incredible. Um, so, you know, they were, they built a program around family businesses, uh, you know, closely held family businesses and quite honestly, at my prior firm and at my current firm, we, you know, that, that's, our, that's our world, right? We're constantly living in that space. So we figured out a way to collaborate, to, to bring content, to bring uh, conferences and experiences and things to the community, to family businesses, to allow them to really connect with one another, to thrive and, and to learn and really... Uh, provide them with an opportunity to to learn from one another and to collaborate with one another. And again, it's there's no there's no sell there, right? It's not 
come to this thing and buy this widget, right? Like buy our services. We're not, we're not in that business, right? We're in the relationship business. So, you know, when, when we, and there are many organizations and examples that I could share that are like that, but, you know, when we're able to kind of uncover that mutual respect and appreciation for what we're doing in our particular ecosystems and then optimize what, what our partners are doing, that, that ends up being a win-win for everybody. Yeah, I totally hear you. Um, you know, and I like the, I've always liked, uh, I'm going to get to a question next, but, you know, I've always liked the idea of an ecosystem, right? Because um, what's, uh, whenever you're in a jungle, what's, what's more important? Is it the tall tree that provides all the shade, you know, from the sun? Or is it the, uh, is it the parrot that, you know, flies around and eats insects? Or is it the ground things? I mean, everybody gets the point, right? Everybody's sort of contributing to making the whole thing thrive. And Absolutely. of course, it's like a whole kumbaya sort of thing but but here's the point it's like nothing's really better than anything else in that capacity instead it's kind of like coming coming together in you know a greater than the sum of its parts and oh by the way you know without everything the thing doesn't grow so everybody goes down without the sort of collaboration and you can say that for anything in life i mean think about of course think about when you're cooking right if you're missing an yeah. ingredient that exactly i right. mean i'm a terrible yeah, exactly. i'm a terrible cook I don't claim to be a cook. I throw some stuff in a, in a pot and I think that it's going to come out good and who knows. Um, but, you know, and some people have patience and um, determination to follow recipes and to do all that kind of stuff. And again, like, but if you're missing that, if you're missing the cilantro, right, that, yeah. that dish is just not going to be right. And it's with any right. single, anything that you look at in life any area of our practice that you, you know, when you really dig down, if there's one element of what needs to be, you know, missing of what needs to be a part of that client delivery, client service delivery or anything, yeah. it, it completely yeah. throws it off. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, and I love that. And yes, yeah, good, good riff off of that. I want to, I want to double down on one thing, which is you, before you were in legal, of course, you were in accounting and, you know, so that means you, you were lateral to things like what the big four was doing the entire world, you know, so, so that idea, yes, tech has embraced that. And, you know, this was a whole thing that I learned and it was so exciting whenever I got into tech moving out of legal, but, you know, you've also had the kind of firsthand experience about what that does in a professional service capacity. I don't know if you just want to share sort of reflections. I mean, this is, this seems to be the big trend or a big idea that's still sort of out there today that hasn't materialized within law firms per se in a concrete sort of way, but is, you know, is out there in the, in the broader bubble of professional services. And, you know, you can see what's kind of happening and it's like, oh, they're like an accountant service, but they're also a management consultant service, but they're also a tech thing that's happened. You know, you can see what's, what's, what's kind of happening. They're building on this ever ranging idea of what does professional services mean and what does a what is a what does a professional service arc look like right. for a client Absolutely. as they sort of go through yeah things i mean i think you know again the accounting industry is very different um you know again they're evolving and changing in a in a completely different way technology i think has impacted them even more than it has in legal right because essentially if you're in audit or yeah. assurance you know right. eventually the thought is that 
your job will not be there anymore, right? Because robots, right. machines, AI, whatever is going to be auditing books. Now, I don't think we can 100%, you know, uh, trust that or expect that to happen. But I think there's efficiency that goes along with that. And, and I think, to your point, accounting firms, consulting firms have have recognized that they've created more client service packages and more opportunities to get sticky with clients, right? So they've created these management consulting uh, practices, whether it's cybersecurity or um, other financial consulting, things that are aligned with what they're doing, technology consulting, like you said, you uh -huh. know, things that are aligned uh -huh. with what they're doing, maybe not 100% accounting, right? Um, a lot of the tax advisory services have grown. I mean, I've had conversations with folks that are still in, in that space. And, you know, it's, again, it's evolving. It's changing. Private equity has come into the market. So that's kind of changed the, the situation there. It's made firms think a little bit more, uh, I guess, to create efficiency, to create um, opportunities to differentiate the services they're providing because eventually the feeling is that assurance and audit may be a leaner type of endeavor. And then people can spend more time on the valuable, high touch, high value added services that they can provide. Wow. So translating that to legal, you know, I've seen some firms do it really well. Um, there are some firms uh, around that have built really nice management consulting uh, governmental affairs practices, technology uh, consulting practices around uh -huh, legal matters. Uh -huh. There was a really interesting example in the accounting and consulting space that I'll share just because I think, I mean, I was, and I don't remember exactly the firm, but it was a very large firm. It was a top 15 firm in the country. It was not big four, but they were the next tier. Um, and essentially what they did was they created you talk about innovation. They created an internal innovation hub where uh -huh. they challenged their auditors, assurance, and tax folks to come up with a new product or process that they could then replicate and sell to clients because they know that their clients want efficiency. Their clients don't want to pay them, you know, in a big assurance relationship. They didn't want to pay them hundreds of thousands of dollars to be auditing. They'd rather pay them to, to provide them with meaningful consulting services. So this particular firm created an internal competition and, and, and uh, environment, collaborative environment, where they created these teams and each team was responsible to come up with some sort of improvement to a business challenge that their clients were dealing with. So again, like audit assurance folks, they were trying to come up with better processes related with tech that could then make their audit process more efficient. Tax folks, similar stuff, they would probably focus on tax. Ultimately, they created this audit assurance technology product that allowed wow. them to, to, to replicate this, this, this process that they created and, and go sell it to clients. And the clients like loved it because what it did was it made their audits more efficient. So that, you know, the one example that the person shared was, um, you know, where it would cost, you know, 200 or $250,000 in time to do an audit before. Now it costs a hundred. 
right? And they could sell this technology product, which was helping them reach that efficiency level, and then consult on that to make it better and to help them with process right. and, and the actual business, right? So the point wow. being there, if we think more like <laughs> business people instead of uh, like just traditional lawyers yeah. where we need to take a matter and handle it and then we're done, we want to continue to keep people on that value spectrum. And essentially what they did was also, you know, they, there was a prize. So they created... Um, an environment where, again, there was collaboration, there were teams, they were all vying for this prize, and the prize was to build out their product. And ultimately, they said that they built a multi-million dollar channel based on this one particular wow. product. And it just, it, but it created so much innovation and thought throughout the firm. I mean, the, the, the you know, the, it was exponential value that they were able to create. So if we can think a little bit more like, how do we, you know, use it as a catalyst, right? Use it as a way to create sustainable success and sustainable process improvement and things for the future. Um, it, it's really, it's incredible when you bring people together, what, what they can come up with. Yeah. I, um, and uh, this, I mean, you know the idea we're going to go into this next stage because I, I want to take your i want to take your bait here about uh stopping and building sort of collaborative teams uh because that can be a challenge within law firms certainly um but but i want to reflect on one thing you said you know it's you know it's a lot about sometimes stopping and being like what what are we doing what business are we in what 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 is happening right it's this uh it's there I say like a meta perspective on basically what you're doing at some point in time. And even today, you know, I mean, still there's a lot of let's make a better hamster, uh, let's make a better uh, uh, rat trap uh, or hamster wheel or whatever, rather than, you know, is the hamster wheel still what we need in that capacity? So you need both of these sorts of things. And I think in that capacity, you know, this kind of ties back to the first thing, which is we need to we need to not be afraid to sort of seed new ideas, ask questions, kill sacred cows, blah blah blah, all of this kind of sort of stuff. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the team. So let's let's go there next. You know, because you Absolutely. you said that they created this innovation team and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so it can be challenging within law firms to sort of do these sort of innovation stuff. And of course, law firms have had these innovative teams. Uh, but I think today, you know, you have, you know, you have you have a lot of teams that are trying to do better at the way that make the mouse trap better and that's that's optimization and that's certainly really great so you know maybe what people can be left with is there's optimization and then there's innovation right and these kind of like two sort of two sort of concepts need to sort of run simultaneously and unfortunately in many many law firms today the teams need to also be innovation teams on top of their optimization teams in this capacity. So I want to see the conversation with that because you want to bring in something, an HBR article that I know that you read, which is eight ways to find collaborative teams and how to sort of like bring that in. So why don't, why don't we just move into team structure um, and, and why that's important? Absolutely. Right? So, I mean, I think, you know, and also just to give another plug back to the legal marketing association, I think we, we're right. we're lucky, yeah. right, to be a part of an organization and a an ecosystem, if you will, right, that 
all of us are able to learn from each other. There's a lot of sharing. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, curtains up that are, you know, cloaking what, what people are doing. People are very collaborative and very forward with uh, ideas and how they are doing things at their firms, obviously not sharing, you know, internal process, but certainly you know, it's, it's amazing to learn and grow in, in that, in that environment. You know, that, there's the, the uh, Harvard Business Review article that you mentioned about building a collaborative teams. I mean, there's there's not one process, right? But there's been a lot of research that's been done around this, and you know, maybe we'll share this article um, once once the, yeah. the podcast I'll put it in the show drops. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but essentially, they, you know, and these are again way, people that are way smarter than me. Um, saying that you know they did all kinds of research and they figured out pretty much there are four general categories for how you can build a collaborative team. So it's executive support, it's HR practices, it's strength of the team leader, and it's team structure, right? So under executive support, it's things like, it's pretty basic, right? It's like a team success or failure at collaboration starts from the top, right? So if management supports the behavior, and exhibits that behavior and then creates an environment of appreciation. They had a really interesting comment uh, and, and sort of um, uh, nomenclature for it. They called it gift culture, uh-huh. right? Which I, yeah. and I love that. It's always about giving. It should never be about taking, right? And, and I, right. Um, I mean, my, my, one of my favorite books is The Go-Giver, which is, um, you know, definitely supports that, that type of uh, thought process. But create an environment yep. that's a great plug. Absolutely. Love the book. Absolutely. absolutely. Love the book. I read yeah, it. Too. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, it's creating an environment that supports communication, that supports sharing. And even us as marketing business development folks, like it's on us to uh. communicate. Like that's what we do as professionals. We, uh. we have to do a better job of doing that. Right. And obviously the tone from the top, the point here is the tone from the top needs uh. to support that open communication and that open sharing. So that's that's the first that's the first uh, category. The other the second category is HR practices, right? And you know, I think certainly at the larger firms there are just immensely talented and large HR functions. Uh-huh. Um, and it's so important, right? Because you know, no matter what you're doing at the firm, HR is taking care of our most important asset, which is our people, right? So from this perspective of building a collaborative team, it's all about corporate learning, right? So it's coaching and training and team building and communication training and trust building and training, right? Like it's very easy to say, let's go, you know, do X, Y, and Z, but it's different to go out and actually have resources to support that sense of community. So, you know, I mean, it may sound ridiculous, but like get out and play that, you know, firm softball game or, you know, do that corporate run together because that's how the trust and the relationships really build and and develop. I mean, I've been at at my firm now for almost five years and, you know, we, we provide so many of these kinds of opportunities for folks to get together and collaborate. And it's so important, particularly in this, post-COVID world where, you know, yeah. we were locked in our, our little bubbles for too long. And, you know, the, the opportunity to, to 
be able to grow that sense of community. I mean, it's just, I can't even, I can't stress how important that is. The, the third area is the strength of the team leader, right? So it's, you know, uh, assigning leaders who are both task and relationship oriented, right? So clear goals, allow everyone to be heard, help ensure accountability, because that's usually where we end up losing, losing some folks. And then also support sharing knowledge, right? Like, you know, sometimes we say there's no, there's no bad questions or there's no bad answer, you know, like, let's share that idea flow, um, because you uh, just never know what's going to come out. And at the end of the day, make sure that those, those goals are clear, those, those, what we hear from people that we're actually listening, we're not just hearing, we're listening, right? And that we are following through and making sure things, you know, continue along in, uh, for that team. Uh, and then the fourth general category is team structure, right? So super important, right? Again, you need, you know, how's the team made up? Do they trust each other? Um, one of the terms they use, which again, I, lo I, lo I really just love this article. Um, one of the terms they use was heritage relationships. So, you know, where there are established relationships that provides a nice infrastructure and, and uh -huh. seating for that uh, team to be successful. Um, understanding role clarity and task ambiguity. So they say that it's very important, right, to clearly define the approach, but to then allow people to find the path to solve the issues that are that are there. Um, obviously, I mean, in my mind, in any team that I've always that I, and I've been a part of, when you empower people, that's when you really see that idea sharing and, and those great um, team experiences come out. So, you know, to me, that's, that's super important. So I, again, I, I just, I, I really, I gravitated to this concept because I thought it just really hit for how people could think about building a collaborative team. It takes a lot of different elements and the firm has to be built on a structure that supports it. Yeah. You know why I like this uh, and the idea that there's many different, I mean, you, you introduced the idea. There's many different ways to skin this cat or I don't, I have a cat, so I don't like that, but you know, there's many different ways to get here, which is it's allowing for the idea of, to connect it to one of our first ideas. It's allowing for the idea of, yes, we have to be collaborative. And how would you like to do that? And now everybody's kind of bringing in, okay, you know, if I'm lead, like I'm introducing the idea of the HBR article, but you know what? And we could do X, Y, and Z, and we could do, okay, so you see, like, there we go. We're starting to build on this little tree, right? We're starting Absolutely. to hang a little bit more, and the tree's starting to be a little bit more. So there we go. You know, I mean, so, so that's kind of, yeah, that's the point about the point that's kind of, like, being made to tie this, tie this back in. All right, so let's, um, I've taken a lot of your time. We're, we're clocking in at 38 minutes here. I want to shout out to the listeners who are listening this far. Uh, hanging with you, us. You the real hanging ones out us. there. Yeah, hanging with us. So let's, um, let's, let's get this out a little nice and soft, which is, you know, it feels like sometimes the writing's on the wall. You know, the, 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 the practice of law is changing and it's continuously to change like pretty, pretty quickly. It feels like, collaboration is kind of like the key to getting this getting this done we've we talked a little bit about how you know technology companies have sort of like really started to kind of like go out there and really embrace this we've seen this now a little bit in professional services it, it kind of it, it, it's like mm, the, the you know other people have walked this path a little bit um, as and here's the important point 
you know, as their businesses started to change, basically, you know, it, it's rapid development has kind of hit other industries. I mean, just take a look at your bread and butter, big corporation, corporation, effectively, you know, like, they are all in on this idea already because, you know, they've started to feel disrupted by startups effectively, you know, and that, and that core and the thing. And, and in that, it's like, we know maybe where we want to go, but how are we going to get there effectively and using this idea? It's like long-term plans, all of this, we live in such volatility, we're going to get disrupted, la, 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 all of this. It's just things are changing all the time and collaboration is kind of like really important for driving that. So I think in that capacity, you know, like what do you, it's the path to innovation, right? I mean, there's, there's like the answers are within all of our little answers, right? Or something like this. So you want to kind of like take that and kind of get us out of here in this, in this way about how collaboration and maybe innovation stick together for the path kind of forward. Uh, uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the whole concept of innovation and, you know, law firms, again, are a little bit more traditional in the way that, you know, we do things. I mean, people ask me, you know, business development process and all these things. And I, and I pretty much always answer, you know, we're a relationship business. And like, that's never going to change. It's just about how that relationship evolves and how that relationship is forged. Yeah. That sometimes changes, you know, we're seeing a tremendous change and uh, turnover um, you know, particularly because we work with a lot of closely held businesses and family owned businesses, there's just a lot of transition, right? There's a lot of next generation kind of stuff going on, but the next generation, just to talk about innovation and how uh -huh. this can impact, like the next generation of business owners and, and decision makers, right. Have a different set of goals and passions and what's important to them and, you know, you and I may um, feel really, you know, passionate about something that perhaps people that are more senior to us don't have the same uh, pull to. Um, so, you know, as it relates to the changing dynamics there, you know, we have to continue to evolve in terms of innovation. I mean, that means it's so many different things, right? So it's, it's service delivery, right? Because, uh, Again, right. I just even think about our own communication. You know, there's so much reliance on electronic communication, electronic, um, you know, conversing, whether you're using, you know, chat or whatever, you know, like I know you guys have a cool um, dispersed workforce kind of operation where uh -huh. you have, you know, the, 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 the virtual uh, workplace. Virtual yeah, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, like that in itself if you put that in front of people that were 20 years older than you, they may not be as sure. willing to adapt to that environment. So, you know, we can use innovation in the way we're optimizing our people, right. And, and allowing our people to grow and learn, you know, I think innovation can impact the way we are delivering service to our clients Our all of our clients are extremely different, right? So they want, individualized kind of planning and they want things that yeah. are very catered to them, very bespoke kind of service. So we can't, you know, we, we as a firm believe that, you know, it's super important to make sure we're tied into what 
the needs, desires, and wants are of our individual clients. But at the end of the day, when we adopt really great technology and all that kind of stuff, I mean, you think about this whole concept of revenue operations or anything that's uh -huh. kind of a little bit forward looking, um, you know, you need technology, you need resources. You know, everyone obviously right now is talking about AI and how it's going to impact the legal profession. You know, there's already uh, lawsuits and people getting disbarred and all kinds of stuff going on because, you know, maybe the reliance of some people is it's too quick. Um, but I think at the end of the day, again, getting back to our collaboration concept, I mean, it's yeah. about getting people to work together, to collaborate, to find that commonality, to find that community, to solve problems and issues together. You know, innovation only works if people are on the bus, if people believe in what it, yeah. whatever that innovation might be and whatever the, whatever the evolution of, uh, whether it's client service or, um, you know, how we look at a, a business problem or how we look at a process, all of those things, we can kind of move our firms forward uh, and create a better environment for people to succeed. Um, and, and then, you know, again, as we collaborate, we kind of fuel innovation. You know, we talked about that example of the, uh -huh. you know, the consulting product, if you will. Um, yeah. You know, legal services are going to have to change, right? The way we, the way we do business is changing. And even when you're in a traditional service-oriented, relationship-built firm, things are going to have to change. So how do we use technology to make that better? How do we, again, figure out what innovation means for your firm? Because it means different things for every firm, right? I mean, for us, again, based on who we work with, we need to figure out the way that, that what that's going to look like. You know, for for a firm that's only serving technology or private equity, innovation is going to look very different for what they're doing, right? And how people are evaluating totally. what they're doing. So, you know, again, to me, th this this topic, today's topic, collaboration um, to create mutually beneficial relationships. I mean, there's there's only one way to do it, and that's to get people around a table because it goes back to yeah. human capital. Get people around a table build that sense of community, build that sense of that environment where we're able to openly communicate and figure out what the best path is forward. Because at the end of the day, we're a service business. We are, we sell people's time, right? So wow. how do we most efficiently do that in a way that's most meaningful, that provides as much client value as possible? How do we do things thinking about giving as opposed to taking and you know, we all, I think, I hope we all love what we do. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. You've been doing this now for a long time. Like it's, we, we, we're so passionate about what we do. We spend so much time working and, and doing what we do every day. How do we just do it better? Yeah. I love it. Okay. You know, I'm going to put a capstone because you inspired me to say this, you know, it's, Everybody knows that times are changing and changing quickly. You know, here's the thing, you know, 
when times change, you have to change. When the facts change, I change my mind. All of that kind of yep. stuff. Now, would you perf would you want to do that alone, or would you do want to do that together? That seems to be like basically the crux of all of this, right? Are you going to figure it out alone, or are you going to figure it out together? Because you know the reality is is that most of the time when things start to change and they start to go that quickly, you're going to need other people to basically do it. And so, getting good at bringing a lot of voices together is kind of like the name of the game because duh, just look look back at the history of law firms look back at the history of humanity right what 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 have we always done we've always come together into bigger and bigger groups effectively to try to solve bigger and bigger problems effectively um sometimes most of the, most of the time triggered by technology and changes in technology which basically changed society so that's kind of like the big overarching and it thing and, it, and um, it's changing every yeah. single minute yeah, so, you exactly. know, you, you, I just totally. want to touch on one other thing, because you, you just mentioned, yeah. you know, big companies and, and perhaps some people that are listening to this are, are more focused in that world. We're again, we're, we're mostly yeah. focused on privately held, closely held businesses. But when you talk yep. about big companies, large companies with huge infrastructures and huge processes and all this kind of stuff, it's very hard to move. It's very hard to innovate as quickly as smaller companies, as these totally. as startups, as emerging yes, companies. Exactly. Good so, point. Yes, so, exactly. So, you yeah. know, evolution and innovation looks different for what those, for the way those companies operate. I mean, I, I again, I, I think back to working in uh, servicing into the food and beverage space and looking at some of these emerging companies that were creating yeah. products that, you know, Campbell's or Coca-Cola couldn't move quick enough to, to, um, to create. And, you know, they may be able to create as good of a product, but it takes them more time. So by the time they get to the game, now they have resources beyond belief, so they can put yeah. a lot of resources behind something and be, and sh almost, almost immediately shut down that emergent challenger. But if the challenger has enough runway the challenger can can yeah. do some really big stuff. Totally. And totally. ultimately, at the end of the day, again, if the innovation is there, they can become the new the new champ in town. Totally. So, no, we can all learn something. Totally. Exactly. And the point is, is that that's going to that's always going to continue to happen and probably faster and faster. Um, this idea, because there's so much leverage. I mean, OpenAI was a startup. They created ChatGPT, which is now basically completely revolutionizing work they're a startup filled with just a bunch of people <laughs> effectively small little team yep. this wasn't created by sony yep. you know or like yep. pick pick whatever big x corp no it wasn't it was a small group of handful of people who are really bending the world in that capacity and that's available all the time now the genie's kind of out of the bottle in that capacity yep. so tying that back in how do you keep abreast with that you're, you're gonna have to do it together Absolutely. right effectively Cool. All right, so we're gonna get this out of here nice and easy. Damn, we really covered a lot of territory, but I think um, I think I think it's a lot of food for thought. We threw in a bunch of stuff from Disney all the way to ChatGPT, OpenAI. Plug some great books. I mean, it's always it's always good hanging out with you, man. Absolutely. The, Thanks uh, so much, Ben. You're a good one. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. Thanks so much, everybody. All right, so we'll see everybody uh, on the next. Uh, this legal life where we're tackling everything, relationships, just the human side of law, collaborations, everything in between, you know, it's good. And I sat down with Lee Peretz today. Lee, thank you so much. Thank you, Ben. Great to be here. Bye, everybody. Bye.